All right, gang, I guess that's our cue. <laughs> it's uh, 5 after 12. It's Wednesday in the Motor City. Jim Harper here along with Marie Osborne on Paul's show, The Focus Show, here on News Talk 760 WJR. Marie, I wanted to start by saying, uh, first of all, how have you been? I haven't seen you. We haven't seen each in other. A long time. Yep. I think it's just been a little over a year that we worked together last summer. We had a really great time. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a while, but, you know, life goes on. How is being a grandma? Oh, please. <laughs> Best job ever. This, I can tell. This morning I got a little video, um, and he's he can count to ten. So uh, that's little Simon. He's not quite two, so we're pretty proud of him. That's pretty good. Well, you know, he's an only child. And so his parents put a lot of effort into that little guy. So, yeah. So it's just very cute. And the way he says seven, he says Sevo. (laughs) And so we, that's the new way now we say seven. So Sevo. Counting to 10 by, I don't think I could count to 10 until I was like five. (laughs) So math might be his thing. We'll see. Sure, he's surrounded by a lot of love and uh, that works both ways because I, I know from speaking with you that uh, it's enriched your life as well. It's just, um, I, you know, you always hear people say, oh, grandparenting, it's the best thing ever. And my husband and I have talked about it so many times saying, you know, when your kids are growing up, yeah, I loved watching my kids do things. And, you know, I like I loved building Legos with the boys and all that stuff. But when you have a grandchild, you don't have you don't have to make sure their teeth are straight no, or no. that, uh, you know, that they got a uh, C minus on their uh, English test or something. You don't have to really think about that. You know, I remember now that you're talking about it, when I was young and I would go visit grandparents, they were always, of course, just wonderful to be around. They were always very happy. And you could tell our our own parents, and maybe you're going through that with your adult children, uh, our own parents feel a little left out because uh, the grandparents and the child have this really great bond and it's always about fun and smiling and laughing and because you don't have to do any of the hard stuff we've we've joked with other friends that are grandparents and we've said you know you see you you know the the kids come in with the baby and you're like you don't even say hello to them i've had i've had my daughter say hello Hello, I'm here. I mean, you go right to the baby, right. and it's all about that. And I've also said to people that I have to say the greatest thing in my life has been watching my child be a good parent. Oh, and yeah. grandparents out there, I, the, those of you that can say that, is it's just such a gift to know that, wow, this is all worked out, and you can see them being a great parent. Sometimes it always it doesn't work that way for various reasons. Do you find that despite what your own children might think that they have learned a lot from your parenting? Do you and see And what not to do? Do you see yourself <laughs> in some of their parenting skills? Oh, so, oh yes, and and okay. some infamous things too like, you know, the one the things that they gave you a lot of grief about that you the you know, I I'm never going to do that if I have kids and <laughs> yeah, there yeah. they are saying yep. that, and, and I did the same thing of course with our great. kids. So. All right. Well, good to see you. Glad yeah. everything's going so well and uh Things are good at home. We've got a number of things to cover on Focus today. Where do you want to start uh, the UAW Big Three Talks? Well, those talks continue now. I mean, we're in day 13. Uh, Yesterday and today are being absolutely overshadowed by the fact that yesterday President Biden was here for the first time in history. A sitting president was on a picket line. Didn't say much, Jim, while he was uh, at the Belleville 
a redistribution center for General Motors. Didn't yeah. say a lot, but he did say he did make some comments. But of course, you know, the optics where he's standing with the striking workers was very, impo- you know, very important and newsworthy. Tonight, of course, a couple of big things happening. Uh, former President Donald Trump will be uh, in Clinton Township at a facility, a part supplier. It's it's non-union, by the way. We want to mention that. Drake Enterprises in Clinton Township. So he'll be speaking to workers there. And at the same time, just about the same time, we're going to be seeing the, the Republican uh, uh, debate. So that's another newsworthy event tonight. So a lot happening in the last couple of days. It's interesting. I keep uh, watching the news, like, most Detroiters, because we're all so deeply affected by a, yes. an automobile strike, especially as it as it goes on. Uh, I keep waiting to hear somebody from the world of journalism tell us what's happening with the talks. We hear, you know, now we're distracted by uh, the, the uh, visitation of Trump and Biden. But I'm not hearing anything about what they're talking about. What are they stuck arguing about? What are they ready to concede and I don't know if it's because I'm just not on the inside, but I haven't heard it in any form news-wise. H- how is this going? Are they close? Are they a million miles away? Have, so, have you heard anything? Uh, so the reason you haven't heard anything, this is not new. I've been covering auto talks for more years than I hate to say, or I'd like to say. So it, it's usually very tight. The, the the negotiations are usually very tight. There might be a leak here and there, but it's usually very tight. What we learn is by statements that are given either by the unions or by the auto companies. And most recently, late, late last week on Friday, uh, UAW President Sean Fain came out and said, you know, we're making progress with Ford. We've made pro- right. progress on wages and on that thorny issue of tiers, you know, where some workers come in at one level and then there's some others at another level, but they're both working side by side on the factory floor. So that's a big thing for the uh, union. So we learned that, yeah, they've made progress with Ford, not so much with General Motors and Stellantis. So we we only can can get information that is released again through statements or uh, comments by the players. Okay. They're pretty tight. They're pretty tight. I understand. It just, uh, you would think something would leak out with regard to where it is and what what specifics they're hung up on. But it is what it is. And uh, so you got another Republican debate tonight. Uh, Everything is so backwards these days on both sides. Uh, Debates certainly aren't what they were when, when we watched debates. You know, when we were younger, no. You think about the formality of the uh, Kennedy Nixon debate. <laughs> Look that up on YouTube for a real mind blower because it's such a different situation now. And and uh, in both cases, the leading candidates for each side aren't a part of the debate process. Yes, or won't be. Uh, so where does that leave you? You're you're talking about uh, a number of people on both sides who want some attention, want to break away from the pack. But they're they're, you know, not able to talk with the leading candidates. So we're kind of stuck. Indeed, you're not getting the entire picture. Um, It's interesting during the last debate, of course, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy made a, a big splash. Lots of people talked about him. Nikki Haley 
really made a big splash. And yeah. a lot of people were uh, pretty impressed with her performance that night. So, you know, tonight we'll see. But you're right. And and uh, former President Trump has said over and over, I'm not going to go to a debate stage and have a bunch of people attack me. Why would I do that? That That's his premise on well, why plus he's, he's not showing up. He's miles ahead of everyone. So from his standpoint, why would I go just to run the risk of being, you know, jabbed at or taken down a little bit when I'm in this comfortable lead? Absolutely. And then on the Democrat side, I assume the way it's coming down the the line is that uh, Biden's going to be the candidate. So why bother debating anybody because the party's going to go with him? No matter what. No matter what. But who's the loser? I always say, who's the loser in this case? It's the voters. We don't don't get to really see head-to-head what we're dealing with. Plus, the the last couple of times there were debates, and I'm I'm including the presidential debates, it was kind of a free-for-all, like a Jerry Springer show. So it's it's lost so much of what it used to mean. Yep. So we'll see how that works out. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, by the way, you'll be able to hear it live right here on WJR. We're going to carry former President Trump's comments starting around eight o'clock. And then at nine o'clock, we'll carry uh, the debate once he's through. You're listening to Focus here on WJR. Jim Harper, Marie Osborne. We'll be right back. And we are back here on the Focus Show. Paul W. Smith heading out to a fabulous trip with his listeners. We hope he has a great time. I'm sure we'll hear all about it and see all the slides when he comes back. Uh, <laughs> slides. <laughs> yes, yeah, slides. Remember the oh, slides, remember right? slides. Yeah, remember the slides. Jim, earlier you asked me how I've been, and I didn't ask you. How have you been? How's Lynn? Uh, Lynn is great. She's sitting on pins and needles right now, though, because she had me bring in food for the crew, Oh, which I usually do when I'm asked to fill in. So she stayed up all night making her famous Almond Joy cookies. Where are they? And uh, her blueberry bars. They're in the control room right now. And uh, all she cares about, she doesn't care that I get to uh, be in here and help out on, on uh, Paul W. Smith's show that it's, uh, you know, WJR. All she cares about is whether you, Marie Osborne, will will give her approval on her homemade desserts. If I must, I will sacrifice myself. What does the gang think? Is there, it's good? Danielle, uh, what's the verdict in there? Yeah, we're going to have. Actually, um, Danielle has stepped away, but uh, Rich from the traffic department right now is eating the blueberry, giving you two thumbs up, Jim. Thank you, Mrs. Harper. I don't know if you heard that or not. It's adorable. You know what? As someone who bakes and as someone who cooks, your greatest pleasure is in seeing someone enjoy your stuff. So I totally understand her. Especially somebody. I mean, she admires your baking skills so much. I love her stuff, too. Uh, She's always posting really great stuff. And, you know, while we're on the topic of food, Jim, do you take antacids at all? I do. Doctor is in, and I have a question for you. Yes, I do. Like so many people our age, you get to that point where it's no longer something you take when you've had a spicy meal one time in a month. It becomes part of your regimen. Yeah. So, yes, daily. Well, you know, again, we are seeing some research that long-term use of antacids, you know, they're prescribed for acid reflux, 
they could be associated with an increased risk of dementia. Oh, great. And that's not what any of us need to hear or want to hear. It's interesting, the study that I looked at for this, they uh, it was about 4,000 people, a little over 4,000 people, uh, that were, they studied. You know, some did take antacids and others did not. So there was dementia that developed among the people who did not take the antacids. Of course, that's natural course of aging. It's not for, just the antacids. Yeah. But in the group that did take the antacids, uh, a larger percentage of them developed uh, developed dementia. 58 people developed dementia, uh, or that would be about, uh, and that's again out of the 497 people who took the drugs for more than four years. So that's 24 cases per thousand people. That's a lot. That's more than just the control right. group. Right. So that was something notable. Now, there, you know, it's important to remember, and they want to say, that, you know, research is done in different ways. They say that this does not establish a direct causation, but it does have some association. Well, this is the kind of thing where you start thinking, man, everything out there is bad for you. <laughs> you know, it has a good side and a bad side to it. Uh, I think it's, I saw this story also, but I, I saw this like a couple months ago and I was surprised it didn't get more play because uh, it sounds like such a good public service message, something you should check on. Uh, but, you know, it's it's interesting. I think a lot of people don't also realize that with an antacid, because of how it helps, the thing that it does shuts down some of those pumps that pump acid. Yes. As, uh, acid inhibitors, I think they're called. Right. PIPs. I yeah. Think, uh, Proton pump inhibitors. Right. So you've also got to consider that if you're taking something that reduces the acid that your stomach produces to dissolve food, it's also going to have effect on all your other meds. Yeah. So yeah. like if you're taking uh, uh, Crestor, you know, like yes. A, it could have uh, a, a more delayed effect. It could be less effective because the acid isn't getting to it because you're taking an antacid. Oh yeah, exactly. So it just—it's just physics. It makes sense. Yeah, that uh, uh, that would lower your cholesterol, right? The, Correct. Uh, that that lowers your cholesterol. Yeah, a lot of folks are on that. So obviously, this is important. We always like to say whenever we talk about a medical story. I mean, in this. You know, people should know this. Talk to your own doctor. They're the ones who know your, you know, what medications you're on. And and again, something to stress about this particular study was that it was people who were on it for more than four and a half years. They did not specify exactly how much their dosage was or were they taking it every day. That was not outlined, at least in the study that I looked at, but it is enough of an association that we need to be aware. Well, uh, that would be me. I've been taking them for more than four years. And, yeah. you know, it, it, so you stop and you go, okay. In fact, when I first read this, I stopped taking uh, my Did antacid. You? I thought, okay, well, that's the last thing I need is uh, <laughs> another, another thing <laughs> another thing to worry about, like with dementia. But then the reaction to not using antacid overwhelmed my fear, so now I'm back on it. So I, I don't know what the answer is. But there, there are uh, things you can do if you want to just totally dump antacids. A story that I saw on Healthline said, obviously, avoiding foods that trigger your symptoms. Yeah, but you've got to have pizza in your life. Okay, Sorry, and chili. (laughs) Not eating too close to bedtime. Yep. Uh, Not eating too much fat or food that your stomach, you know, has a tough time with uh, breaking down. Staying away from wearing overly tight belts. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, those days are gone for me. I'm wearing sweats today.
But, uh, you know, anything that might cause discomfort, it, those are kind of obvious. I would say if uh, if you like drinking tea or even if you're just a fan of pop, ginger is a natural. Ginger's great. That's why our parents gave it to us when we had a cold. And, you know, Verner's, it cures everything. Yeah, and we I had, know you're a big Verner's person. I am. And person, we, we never knew what it was, but it tasted like uh, whiskey without the alcohol. Yeah. It was so good, especially my mom used to warm it up. So it burned off all the carbonation. and it, uh, Of course. It tasted of course. great. So good. But now we realize it's just ginger. So you might want to think about maybe doing a ginger thing, ginger tea. Papaya is or... another one. That yeah, that's right. Papaya is another one. So if you'll either drink it, papaya juice, or you can eat it, uh, a really big thing to keep in mind that might help with that. Okay. And one last thing, if you're thinking about uh, what's coming up with the fall and everybody's worried about COVID and uh, whether or not they're going to get the vaccine. A lot of folks are upping their vitamin D now. Absolutely, vitamin D3. You know, we do a lot of medical shows here on WJR, and one doctor years ago said to me, Marie, there's only one thing you need to take every day. I said, what's that? He goes, vitamin D3. There you go. So that was it. But again, check with your doctor. You don't need us to tell you that. It's uh, just something you have to do. Make sure everything's working out okay, and hopefully we can all stay healthy. And uh, I... I think we need to realize that a lot of this the more information we get the more stressful it is which is also not good not not at all health. and we want to remind our listeners if you're enjoying the afternoon with us we're glad you're on board give us a call or give us a text we'd love to hear from you 1-800-859-0wjr that's 859-0957 whatever you'd like to talk about we'd like to hear from you All right, we'll be right back on Focus, the Paul W. Smith Show for Wednesday. We're going to be talking about the holidays and some of the anxieties we go through. Good stuff coming up. Stay with us. Well, Paul is off on vacation this week. So today you've got uh, Jim Harper and Marie Osborne, Dave Rieger, Danielle. It takes like four or five of us to do the work of one Paul W. (laughs) So we're in here filling in today. Hope you're having a good afternoon. A little on the gloomy side outside. I I like the cool temps and the feeling of fall, but uh, it would be nice if there was some sun. We're always uh, on board for some sun. Uh, Breaking news out of Michigan State uh, this afternoon. We just received word that Michigan State University has fired the head coach, Mel Tucker, now, this has been going on for a few weeks here. Tucker signed this historic 10-year contract, $95 million contract extension, made him one of the highest-paid football coaches in the country. They informed Tucker last week, MSU did, that they intended to fire him for cause. This is all of the sexual misconduct allegations that were levied against him. And today, the uh, Michigan State University pulled the trigger, Jim. He's out. This is not the end of the story, though. No, it's uh, by no means the end of the story. And also, uh, it's one of those deals where I think when I talk to regular people uh, about this topic, everybody says pretty much the same thing. Boy, this sounds really terrible. Uh, From what we've heard, boy, this is bad stuff. But also, they always add, but we haven't heard all the sides on this. And I think that's important because a, a story like this, automatically puts in mind that, well, he must be guilty. Uh, you know, otherwise they, they wouldn't make this move. So it's it's kind of all over the place. But I think people generally want to know, you know, all the aspects of this story. And we will learn more in the coming weeks for sure. This is not over. I'm sure he's going to fight this, as we know. 
Um, but we will learn more in the weeks to come. I keep hearing the same thing that you're hearing as well, that people think that there's more to the story. Either they think that or they just want to know what else is involved in this particular story. Yeah. feel really bad for the folks at State and uh, oh yeah, all the parents and, of course, the, the kids going to school up there. And Oh, it's just uh, it's one thing after another. And, and w- what is the thing with coaches in, in Mich- Michigan? Yeah, you know, it just seems like uh, we've had more than our share of headlines. Yep, we certainly have. So uh, we'll we'll wait to see what happens here um, as as the weeks go on. As I said, this is not over with yet. But again, Michigan State firing uh, their football coach, uh, Mel Tucker, over allegations of misconduct, sexual misconduct. So we're also touching on a topic. I know, Jim, you and I both love our dogs. Oh, yeah. And in Gross Point, Gross Point Shores, They've put in a put a pit bull ban. Uh, the the Gross Point uh, Shores voted. The council did voted to ban pit bulls. A lot of people not happy about this. And of course, the the first thing you have to know is it does not affect people who already have a licensed pit bull. Exactly. So the first thought would be, I have to get rid of my dog. No, well, apparently no. not. No. But this is going to be one of those things. You know, I'm sure people have. Uh, a lot of different thoughts about this. But the first thing that comes to mind is people who know dogs and know breeds will tell you it's never a breed's fault. You know, it's always the people that handle that, the dog, handle, right? handle the breed. And pit bulls for years have always been associated with uh, attack dogs or protection dogs. Uh, the, that's the dog drug dealers have. Uh, you know, it's just always a scary thing. But this this did happen as a result of a really... Horrible attack to, uh, on a, another dog, on a small dog, right? right? And then so the 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 council just moved on this. Now, what's interesting is that more than three hundred people signed a petition against this, calling the ban discrimination against the dog. One of the things that I thought of in all this is, you know, sometimes breeds look alike. So, and and there was a case in point that they brought up where a guy had an American uh, bulldog. And I don't know if you know what an American bulldog is, but they sure. look somewhat like a pit bull, somewhat like it. So what's to say you're, you know, you're walking down the street and somebody says, hey, you can't have a dog like that. And you're like, no, no, it's a such and such. So I don't know how they would enforce this. I don't know how they're going to do that either. And isn't pit bull kind of a general mutt description? Is is it a, tr- a true? Oh, that's a good question. I don't I know. I don't think it's a true bred breed like a, uh, what's the what's the uh, dog ever? The French bulldogs, yes. which are extremely popular right now. Yeah, very. Uh, you know, that can cost you two grand to buy one of those puppies. Oh, yeah. Is there, is there such a thing as a, a purebred pit bull or is it kind of a mix of different uh, I know a bull mastiff is a yep. breed, right? And, and and when you see, it's funny when you see a picture of a pit bull, you're you're never really sure, or if you see one on the street. But if it has that that uh, kind of big shoulder, big shoulders, look and that big head, you assume it it's a pit bull. But boy, there are a lot of people who will tell you pit bulls are great. They're wonderful with kids. You know, if they're if they're raised socialized correctly, yeah, right? If, if uh, somebody raises them like they would any other dog. Uh, they're just as gentle, but you know how it is. If you uh, you could take a Chihuahua 
and uh, treated in a way where it was an attack dog and it would be vicious. Absolutely. The only difference is, of course, that the dog would be much smaller. You know, I don't know. I don't know. An attack by a chihuahua. They've got sharp teeth, though. Yeah, they might be a little different. However, again, this is all about training. This is all about socialization of your pets. And this is, you know, a serious issue. You know, I having being around children, I, I I'm I'm always concerned about a dog. I have a great dog. She's wonderful. Uh, but I, if there are children around, I am looking to I mean, the, the dog's never alone with the kids ever alone. Um, let's ch- head out to the phones, Jim. Bo is calling us from Clinton Township. Hi, Bo. How are you? Hey, guys, how are you today? Good. We're, doing, we're doing great. What's your thought on the pit bull ban? Well, first of all, I, I lost my boy uh, last June. Uh, he was an American pit bull terrier. Uh, that is a UKC certified breed. Uh, for the AKC, American Kennel Club Society, it is a Staffordshire terrier. Okay. Pit bulls are not much. They are too, they are too, they're a bully breed or a um, American bulldog, to point, can look like it. It's like saying, you know, white guys walking down the street, and then it's like, yeah, but he could be French, Italian, German, whatever. You know, it, anything could be a, a lab mix, a pit mix, anything like that. Dogs should never be alone with children, two point. Thank you. you. Thank you, Bo. <laughs> you are a responsible dog owner. You have to be a responsible dog owner. That's your pet. That's your child. That's your, that's your pedigree. And it's very sad that those dogs get such a bad rap because, as everyone remembers from the Little Rascals, Petey was – a pit bull. That's right. And what everyone's <laughs> got to remember is, is that their, their nickname is the nanny dog. And if you know their history and they know their heritage, because I come from a dog family, they come from Scotland, Ireland, and um, England. And it was back in the farm days. And they put one of those dogs for every children as a protector. So in a simulated dog fight, when people, the worst people in the world, fight them against each other, the game is like this. I'm here with my master and you're there with your master. Only one of us is leaving. They use their greatest trait, which is their loyalty and protection, to to simulate a dogfight over money. It's sick and disgusting. And I'll leave you with this very quickly. Joe Rogan was on, a, on his podcast and he had this friend that he knew was a farmer. And this is how wonderful these dogs are. He saw his dog come back to his farm. It was all cut up and bleeding. Took him to get stitched up and everything. Went up the hill and had to follow the trail of blood to find 10 dead coyotes. Wow. So a protector. They're designed to protect. They they protect their master. They're a medium, large-sized dog, but they can do some serious damage. So if you take that type of dog and you don't train it appropriately, you could have a problem, just like you could with any other dog, like a German Shepherd. Um, That's right. Bo, um, thank you for the call. You know, we really the appreciate we really appreciate the call, Bo. Sorry too about the loss of your dog. I know for so many people, these are absolutely members of the family, oh, and that's just. Bad. But he gave us a lot of insight there. So yeah. this this is a protector breed, well, obviously. I'm, I'm glad uh, Bo pointed out the the difference that there is a breed. But I, I I'm still curious because so many of us uh, throw around the term, you know, the description, uh, you know, the dogs that we see. At the Humane Society, they're up for adoption that look like they might or might not be a pit bull. You know, is that a, a purebred? It, it does come down to that uh, point about how you raise a dog. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's one of those things. I think one of the messages from all of the Humane Societies and the shelters has been, if you're going to do this, if you're going to adopt, we've been talking about this for years, you got to realize that's a big investment in your time and energy and, and your thoughts. And it's worth it. And you have to have, 
be able to put the time in there. And our caller was right. Never leave dogs alone with children. That's just a, a good way, a good policy. You're listening to Focus here on WJR. Jim and Marie in for Paul W. And we are back. Jim Harper, Marie Osborne on Focus this afternoon. Paul W. Smith off with the Travel Club. I think they're in France. That's oh, they went their... to France this yes, time? Yes, yes. And it's going to be a river cruise, too, through Normandy. So I, I, I just can't wait to hear about the whole trip, it's going to be obviously fat, fabulous. Boy, Kevin's they, going to Ireland. Yeah, I know. Everybody, uh, yeah. in France. And I, I hear nothing but fabulous things about all these trips and how wonderful, you know, the people, you get oh, to be yeah. friends with folks and you have a great time. It's the WJR Travel Club. Yeah. And they've been doing this for years now. Yeah, for it's, a few years. A lot of times the same people go. Yeah, oh, on, absolutely. On it's like a club. It's like a little <laughs> club, right. So, Jim, I do want to tell, uh, say this before we move on because Lynn... Your fabulous wife brought in goodies for the staff today, and she wanted to know if I would throw myself out there and taste test. That's all she the, cared about. Yeah, that's all she cared about. She didn't care that I was coming here or what, <laughs> or what, what you were doing. doing. Uh, just to... But I have to say, Lynn, they were all terrific. The blueberry thing was <laughs> fabulous, but I must have the recipe for the coconut chocolate thing. I'm going to have to, and actually, I'm going to have to take one in the car when I leave to run my errands this afternoon. Oh, That's how delicious She's going to be thrilled. Yeah. I'm just glad you guys get to eat them all up because yep. if they're around the house... I know, it's trouble, right? Nothing but trouble. You know, uh, when you're my age and you get up 16 times a night, <laughs> uh, half those times you say, well, I might as well go downstairs and see what's yeah, in the fridge. Just so I'm glad the, they're gone. The counter, I'm, yeah. I'm just glad they're gone. Well, she did a great job. This next story just made me laugh out loud. Dave Rieger, our illustrious producer, brought this to our attention. You would think, Jim, that when you go to buy a product, any product, just name it, that what it says on the label would be actually in the product, right? Well, sort of. Yeah. Sort of. I mean, you know, when you, uh, I mean, does anybody really expect there to be any real fruit in Fruit Loops? Well, or, uh, uh, you're right. Or barbecued you're right. chips? Do yeah. we do we care whether or not they were barbecued? No, but they're seasoned with barbecue. And what about stuff. Twizzlers? Is there real Twizz ah, in there? I love Twizzlers. <laughs> so the red I. ones, I love them. So Starbucks facing a lawsuit alleging that its refresher fruit drinks are missing, drumroll please, fruit. Okay. So they're, they're, who's suing this? So there it's it's a group of uh, I believe 11 claims uh, that has been brought different people in other words that has been brought against uh, the uh, Starbucks chain. It's it's actually in in district court, it's federal court and they want to they want to say that there isn't any fruit in these drinks that they're saying mango dragon fruit as an example, lemonade Starbucks. These don't have that fruit in them. But really, it, I mean, somebody's going to spend time and money to to file this suit. I mean, truth in advertising. Yeah, but the, it, the list could go on forever. Um, slim Jims, nothing slim about them, especially if you eat them a lot. You know, I mean, you could go on and on. I think the the way out for people over the years has been if you include the word flavored, then yeah. you're off the hook. Yeah, you're off the hook. 
As far as I know, the rules are, the federal rules for labeling on a product are that you have to have on there what's in the product. So if you turn it over, you can look there and it's going to say, this is what's in this product, fructose, syrup, water, whatever is in there. So if there's no fruit, you're not going to see it there. But what you put on the front of the label doesn't necessarily, you could put whatever on there. Yeah, but we've done that for years. I, I just don't, I think this is really reaching. Somebody's seeing an opportunity and maybe finding a lawyer who would go <laughs> along with this. I mean, first of all, uh, what what kind of harm are you going to be able to prove, you know, that you were duped into buying a mango smoothie and it didn't have uh, real mangoes, so now your life is ruined? Well, I bet that that's, the, that's what they're standing on is that, that, you know, this told me that this is what it was going to be and there's it's there's nothing in here to... Uh, indicate that there's this fruit. What I found interesting, too, is that the drinks were water, grape juice concentrate, and sugar. Those were the three top. (laughs) (laughs) Grape, that's what I thought was interesting, grape juice concentrate, and they were calling it all kinds of different stuff. Well, I don't know. I think you're going to have a tough time on your hands to to get this. uh, But they're trying. Uh, Yeah, and people always will. But you could, if, if this actually goes through and somebody's successful, Suing Starbucks because the mango or peach or whatever didn't contain real fruit. You can you imagine the door this is going to break down, and people are going to be suing because everything will then have to be literal. Oh yeah, I mean literally. Well, it would require a lot of label changes. That'll never go. <laughs> that that will never, never, never I mean, happen. There'd be no end to it. No, not at all. Jim, did you know today is the twenty fifth anniversary of Google? Celebrating their 25th anniversary. Oh, 25 years already. 25 years. I mean, now we say things like Google it, right? I mean, that's everybody yeah. says that. What's the, is there a term for a, for a product name that becomes part of the lexicon? And sure. That, like Kleenex? Kleenex, ref, uh, Frigidaire. Right. So yeah. so many products like that just take over and that's our reference. Is there a term for that? Because there should be. You know, uh, what, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. The, yeah, exactly. I don't know what that term is. Right. But, you know, when I saw this story, it made me think about my parents buying the Encyclopedia Britannica, all 52 volumes. Oh, and yeah. when we were kids, you know, I don't know how many times your mom said it to you, but look that up. You know, it was always the nuns in school would say, you better look that up, young lady. My, That's where you're going to find out what it is. My grandmother did that thing uh, where when she went to the grocery store. You could buy one at a time. Exactly. For the encyclopedias, you could buy one, one volume. <laughs> and for some reason, I think it was like uh, 90 cents or something. So my grandmother went out of her way to try to put together a set for me, which took about Aww. three or four years. But there was always missing like the R <laughs> or there was no D. But, uh, boy, you try laying an encyclopedia story on a, on a young person today, they won't know what you're talking about. Mind-blowing, right? And the idea that that was your only point of kind of official, uh, legitimate statistics exactly. was the encyclopedia. Exactly. But, and also, it made it a lot easier for teachers when they knew you'd play, plagiarized because oh, they yeah. could just go to the encyclopedia and open it up and they'd say... Well, look here, you just completely wrote that right out of the encyclopedia. And I don't know how teachers are going to get around this AI thing, because I've done it myself, and you probably have too. The AI, what is it, chat GP or GT or whatever? GPT. GPT, uh, where you can ask it to do something for you, and in seconds it, it will give you whatever you're asking for. Can you imagine 
the nightmare that is for for teachers in terms of uh, absolutely you know literature stories and a lot of teachers are getting around that by making assignments in class. So and a lot of people say that actually is a great way to teach. So you have to do the work in class. So you have to do the work oh. in class and you have to do it long you know longhand or if you do it on the computer you're only open to one section, you know, longhand. One, one. Yeah. What is that? And then you'd have to read the handwriting. <laughs> Wait, what's handwriting? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Lots of stuff to talk about today. Many of the items in the news will be discussed when we come back here on the Paul W. Smith Focus Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Stay with us. Welcome back, everybody. Happy middle of the week. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're staying healthy. Jim Harper here with Marie Osborne on Paul W. Smith's Focus Show. Just filling in while Paul's on uh, vacation, kind of a working vacation. And uh, we got a lot of things to talk about this hour, but let's start at the beginning. The things that we we should be covering are kind of our responsibility. Marie is going to help us run down the big stories of the day. Actually, nowadays, it's the big story of the hour. It's absolutely the big story of the hour. So we do want to also bring people up to date. Uh, We mentioned the breaking news a little earlier. Michigan State University firing head coach Mel Tucker. Um, this is, of course, involving that sexual misconduct allegations that were levied against him by a rape survivor. Uh, Michigan State uh, believes it has legal standing here. So they went ahead and fired him. But, Jim, as we talked about earlier, this is not over. There is going to be um, more back and forth on this. We know that uh, uh, Mel Tucker will be uh, likely making some legal action also on his own to try to keep his job. So we will see how how that pa- plays out. It's so sad all the way around. Yes, I mean just uh, from the get go, the fact that it's state and they had problems before, and their first reaction, if you recall, from uh, from an internal standpoint, with some of the spokespeople from Michigan State, it was, "Hey, uh, this is not the same old Michigan State. We want to make sure everybody oh, yes. everybody understands that this is not the, the you know we're not the same kind of crew that let things happen like they did years earlier." in reference to other big scandal kind of stories. Uh, And there's a lot of cleanup and there's a lot of opinions. And and, uh, I think people want to know all the sides of this before they make their own decision. Absolutely. We're going to learn more for sure in the coming weeks. Also, we, you know, we have to talk about the big story yesterday, today. They're kind of all intermeshed. We're talking, of course, about yesterday, uh, President Biden making an appearance here in Detroit, a very short one, uh, on the picket line with uh, General Motors striking UAW workers uh, in Belleville. He appeared there, made some quick comments, showing solidarity with the people who were there. Uh, Jim, it's interesting to note, too, I mentioned this yesterday in our coverage, that, um, you know, red's the solidarity, the color of solidarity for striking union workers. And uh, the president, interestingly enough, did not wear anything red. He wore his blue jacket with the presidential seal on it, and <laughs> but he did have a UAW cap on. Okay. So uh, pictures were taken I, like that. I didn't know red was the official color of solidarity, and that's, that's interesting because uh, you think about what the color red meant back in the 30s. You know, if you were waving yeah. a red flag, yep. it's right. a completely right. different kind of thing. Right. But this this is uh, what it represents now. So yesterday that was the big news. Well, today, uh, former President Donald Trump will be in town later on tonight. He is scheduled to speak uh, in Clinton Township, Macomb County uh, at Drake Enterprises. He is uh, this is not a union shop, but he will be talking uh, to workers there about his thoughts on 
the development of EVs in this country. He is pinning the issues with the uh, auto companies on the development of EV and the rush to EVs, in his words. Uh, So it'll be interesting tonight to see what he has to say about that. But at the same time, we're also looking at this GOP presidential debate, which is scheduled to take place tonight. By the way, you're going to hear all of this live right here on WJR. We will start with the former president, Donald Trump. He's scheduled to speak at around 8 o'clock. I bet we'll get to him at about 8.30. The debate starts at 9 o'clock, and as soon as the former president wraps up his comments, then we'll go over to the debate. So you'll hear it all live here. So lots of folks are wondering, how's this next debate going to shape up? And of course, a little bit later in the show, we're going to be talking to an expert on this, Jim. Uh, as you know, Aaron called the director of debate at the University of Michigan. Right. Well, the last debate didn't have a huge audience. It had about 12 million. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, the Trump interview with Tucker Carlson had 21 million yep. actual views and some insane number of, uh, of, of you know, like likes, 264 million likes. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that goes down. And uh, as far as the UAW strike goes, I I know one thing, because I've been reaching out to my UAW brothers and sisters over the last couple of weeks. Uh, There is an aspect of of all of this that they are very concerned with, as as I am being told, and that is uh, the fast race toward putting EVs front and center, that the older... People who've been in the UAW for years, those people that, uh, you know, live and breathe the union, they're very concerned about its effect on auto jobs. Auto, right, exactly. Right. The younger security. people, not as much. And the the hourly people that are considered temp people, they don't have the same concern. But uh, the people I talk to, that's... That's one of their biggest issues. Yeah, the career worker, that's for sure, the career automaker. Um, This is, and I I think that what they're trying to do here, the UAW is trying to head off any future problems. They want to make sure that as this transition moves forward, that their jobs are protected and that they're protected here in this country. So that's another important aspect of all this. They are looking for, uh, obviously, wage increases. That's another big thing. They're looking for the abolishment of these this tiered system where you're bringing in newer workers and older workers that are both doing the same job, but they're getting paid two different rates at the same Right next to each other on the factory floor. That's always uh, been a big concern. They want to change that. We do know they've made progress in the talks with Ford. That was made clear last Friday by the union president, Sean Fain. We don't know so much about what's happening with General Motors or with Stellantis, although obviously they haven't made as much progress. Yeah. Well, everybody, I think, realizes that it does have a trickle-down effect on the entire economy. And here in Michigan, a huge effect. I was talking about this uh when the strike first started, if if you were born here and, you, and you're anywhere near our age, you may recall when your dad came home and was very worried about an impending strike, even if he didn't work at one of the big three. Yes. Because so many of our dads worked at auto-related businesses, parts suppliers, uh, transmission company, you know, anybody that made parts that ended up... And then, on top of that, everybody that owns a business depends on everybody else to be doing well enough to keep business running. So the trickle-down effect, I remember many times when there was a big strike in the 60s or the 70s or a strike looming, uh, if it went through, all those guys got laid off. 
like almost immediately, even if they didn't work at the big three. Doesn't seem to be that kind of situation now, but eventually, if it if it did drag on, it would have a trickle down effect on, on uh, everyone. It'll have costs in the billions. And growing up, my father was a builder, and his it directly impacted any work stoppage of that sort. Directly impacted his business. Who you know, no one's going to build a house or build anything uh, when that kind of thing is going right. on. So it's it's definitely a huge concern. Uh, you know, something else that's happening tonight, it's interesting, a memorial and film screening is planned tonight to honor the life of the Detroit-born singer Sixto Rodriguez. And I think you may remember oh, this. Oh, sure. Yeah, Sugar Man. Died, yeah, Sugar Man. He died in August at the age of 81. Uh, this is going to be at 8 o'clock tonight at the Detroit Film Theater down they're at showing, the DIA. They're showing the doc? Is uh, it the, they, there's a search for Sugar Man documentary. Which, which is Awesome. If you haven't yeah. seen it, it is awesome. Uh, so, you know, the story is, of course, that he, you know, he was here in Detroit and he was developing music that became insanely popular in South Africa and became closely tied with the abolishment of the apartheid, uh, you know, the apartheid there. And he had no idea. He was a wild success in another part of the world and had no idea. Yeah. You really have to see the doc. It's called The Search for Sugar Man. Sugar Man. We'll continue here on WJR. You're listening to The Focus Show. Paul W. on vacay. We're sitting in form today. Stay with us. And we are back. Glad you could join us for The Focus Show here on WJR. I'm Marie Osborne alongside Jim Harper. As we kind of navigate your early afternoon hours here, we're glad you're on board. So a big question, Jim, for you. Getting real personal here. Okay. Do you have a TV in your bedroom? Of course. You do? Oh, absolutely. All right. So it's just, does it help you unwind? You know, uh, being a child of the 60s and growing up on television, I when I became a young adult and was on my own, it was still a big part of my life. And uh, for the longest time, I would go to sleep with the TV on. You know, it was it was like such a, such an important part of my life. That uh, I would, I had a TV in the bedroom back then as well. I would go to TV, uh, go to bed, and uh, the TV would be on. And when I woke up in the morning, it was still on. It was still on. So yeah. now that changed when uh, Lynn and I got together <laughs> because <laughs> nor, uh, normal person wouldn't necessarily want to try to sleep while a television is playing. But uh, when she's out of town, I, I I do the same thing. I just grew up on TV, and it's always been on, and. Uh, I, th- I think for, for a lot of us, it's also a gender thing. I think guys are more prone to want a TV on in every room. Like we were talking about this earlier. Dave, Dave is all for our producer. Dave Rieger is all for having a TV in every bathroom. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Why not? No. It's a problem. I, no. Listen, I've had people come to my house and say to me, Marie, where's your TV set? I mean, we have. One TV set. It's in our tiny little den, and whenever the kids, just one in the whole house. Yeah, in the whole house. And the sometimes you know we need to get a new TV. And I'll say to the I'll say to my husband, I don't care what you get. I don't want it. I want the smallest TV you can buy. Really? And then and then it's like, but but if we buy this size, you know, it'll be that much cheaper. I don't care. I just you're, I would I would watch a black and white TV. You. uh 
you would go with the smallest TV and only one of them? Yeah, only. Yeah, you, we seriously a- have one. And this is not to say I don't watch TV. I do watch TV. Uh, obviously, I watch a lot of <laughs> news programs due to my job. Uh, but I do. I love great TV. I just love it. Um, so it's not like I don't watch TV. It's just I don't need to have it on in every single room in the house. And screen size? You'd oh, rather have a small one? Why would yeah. you prefer a small one? Because it's, it, I prefer to see my decorating, like my nice furniture and, you know, my okay. stuff as opposed to that. We'd love to know what our listeners are thinking about this. 1-800-859-0WJR. 1-800-859-0957. Do you have a TV in the bedroom? Is right. it okay? There's a number of uh, stories out there you can find where they talk about the pros and cons. Yeah. And yeah. There, there are a lot of pros from, from a story I'm reading on brides.com. It can be relaxing, of course. You know, not all TV has to be toxic. You know, if you're watching a slasher movie, that's probably not a great idea. Uh, It can be a bonding tool, especially if it's something your partner enjoys watching and you're joining in and learning about them. Uh, It's certainly better than scrolling on your phone. Oh, yeah. We know that's... I'll agree to that. That's bad. But then there are the cons. It could keep you up at night for obvious reasons. Uh, Here's one that you really have to think about. It could be a barrier to intimacy. Duh. (laughs) You know, less time for romance. (laughs) Wait, Uh, wait, wait. I've got this commercial. Wait, I I, I, got it just a second. But on the other hand, uh, speaking on the pro TV side, it could help with intimacy. (laughs) It is a screen after all. (laughs) You know, what's on there is up to you. I suppose. You know, it could even be one of the music channels. <laughs> you know, so that gets you going. So 64%. Turn on Latin beats. <laughs> I, I want to show you something. So, uh, in fact, 64% of U.S. households keep a TV in in, uh, in the bedroom, which I, I was astonished by, by that. It disrupts your circadian rhythms, according to the experts. It can alter your dreams. It might reduce your uh, sleep quality. It causes eye problems, can cause, okay, I love this one. It can cause weight gain. How does that work out? Because it's encouraging you to watch. What do you do when you watch TV a lot of times? Mm, I'm not you sure. You eat. Uh, I don't, but. Uh, a lot of people do. It, a lot yeah. of people equate watching TV with eating. No, so. no, but I'll tell you how, how seriously addicted to television I am. Uh, if I, like when we go from here to, to home. After today's show, I'm going to have a late lunch with Lynn. I won't take a bite until I can find the right TV show to watch that coincides with the meal we're having. Oh, seriously? Like if it's veal parm, you'd have to have like an Italian show (laughs) on or something. Not like that. It's got to be it's got to be like a sitcom, something light. Mm. Uh, something that's kind of relaxing, I guess. Yeah. You know, yeah. it could be any episode of Friends. You know, it could be a Seinfeld. It could be The Office. Uh, but it's kind of, for, for my mind, it sets the mood. And I won't take a bite until I go through the channels and find Is something that, right? that, that, that makes me feel relaxed and good. And then I'll start eating. So I often tell my husband when we're sitting down after dinner and we're going to watch some TV, I'll often say to him, Okay, um, no one, no killing, no blood, (laughs) you know, I, I, cause you know what I mean? I just don't, I just don't want to be watching that certain times. It's just, no, I'm with you a hundred percent on that. I, I can, cannot watch 
two episodes of a streaming show, I forget binging. If it's a serious drama and there's a lot of killing or violence, yeah, or it's super intense, uh, I I can only take one episode. So when people, you know, like younger people, watch something in a weekend, a whole series in a weekend, I'm uh, always amazed by that. Uh, oh no, we'll 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 binge. We'll watch whole series. Yeah, really? we love it. Yeah, we love it. Okay, so you're watching this on this the smallest TV. <laughs> You've got a 12 inch black and white. <laughs> I do. Do you know that I actually have? How big is this? My computer screen here. That's about fourteen inches. Yeah. So (laughs) I have. I. I hit because when we were working from home, when we were working from home, and we, you know, I have a little studio set up at home. Thank you, WJR. So um, I needed a TV near where I was working because I, uh, you know, obviously during the pandemic, news was happening all the time. So I said to my husband, "Go, hey, I found this. It's ninety nine dollars. Go buy it. It's a little black and white TV. It's about this big. I love that." Does TV. it connect to cable or are you using uh, Yes, it can connect to cable. Terrestrial yes. channels? Yeah, no, no, no. I, rabbit I, ears? I, no, 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 no. <laughs> I can connect it to... Uh, to um... It's remarkable. So the idea of a big 100-inch uh, screen hanging on your wall... No. The, the, I yeah. mean, even for a Lions game or... Or a movie, like a Spielberg epic? No, no. no I'll go to the theater. Wow. I just... It just doesn't, it just means nothing to we me. We have, I don't even know how many TVs. We have TVs literally in every room except bathrooms. And and uh, uh, we've got a den area where, where our books are. Every other room in the house has a TV. Oh, not us, no. It's uh, very important. So I, that's just amazing to me. Uh, let's head out to Livonia with Ken on the phone with us. Hi, Ken. So, like, you're totally opposite from what Jim's telling us. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Years ago, I gave up 100% watching television. I saw that the content of the movies and the content of the TV show uh, were promoting ideas that I didn't approve of, my church didn't approve of. And so I thought, hey, let's throw this out the window. Wow. And you know what? I've uh, been better uh, off since. Uh, instead of watching uh, television and movies, I read a lot of uh, reliable books. Okay, but, and, but uh, Ken, what about if it was, uh, it sounds like it, it might change your mind. What if it was a Bible movie? What if it was uh, uh, the Moses story? Yeah, there's a lot of religiously themed movies and so on. Well, if it's something that's uh, reliable, um, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, if you want to put it on DVD, uh, but as far as uh, the content of uh, what's broadcast into the homes nowadays, and it's not been, uh, I mean, go back 50 years. An old pastor of mine once said, after 1950, good luck trying to find a good TV show or movie based on content. (laughs) Thanks, Ken. We appreciate it. So I, I I wouldn't go that far. I think there's a lot of thought-provoking, uh, reliable, thoughtful things that are on television. You have to be the arbiter of that. You need to understand and, you know, be discerning about what you're watching on TV. Well, we're glad you're listening. Glad you're listening to WJR. Here on The Focus Show, I'm Marie Osborne with Jim Harper. Stay with us. All right, one thirty-four in the afternoon. It's the Focus Show. Jim Harper and Marie Osborne sitting in, and we've got the whole gang in the other room. We've got our producer Dave Rieger and Danielle Mason is here, and uh, 
whole bunch of folks hanging out with you this afternoon. We were talking about TV a moment ago and the difference between people who love TV <laughs> and the people who, you know, they think it's fine. Or like Marie was saying, she'll watch TV, but she doesn't want a giant TV in every room. Uh, but we, we uh, should also mention what we've been watching lately because you asked me about a show that yeah. it's been out for a while. And I think the only reason people started talking about it originally was uh, that Meghan Markle was yes. on it. Yes. Uh, it's called Suits. And it was originally on the USA Network. And now it's being, uh, it's on streaming. So it's on uh, Netflix. And it's it's got like nine seasons to it. So we were, you know, I, I happened to notice on social media feeds, people talking about it and yeah. saying, oh, yeah, you know, I've been watching it. It's pretty good. So we, we decided to watch it. And and as I told you, it is better than a lot of other series that okay. we've kind of dipped into. What's it about? Well, it's about a, a law firm. And the premise is, oh, okay. and Meghan Markle does have a major role in this uh, series, but the premise is that this young man um, who did not go to Harvard Law uh, is hired at a law firm it's a long story how he gets this job, and it's kind of funny. You have to suspend belief, of course, because no one would ever hire a non-lawyer to work at a law firm and, and you know, and and actually work on cases. You could be sued. So, uh, but you have to suspend belief a little bit, but that's the whole premise, is trying to keep this secret. There okay. are some people in the firm that know it, and he's got to keep this secret, and he's also Meghan Markle is his love interest, ah. and but she she plays a you know a nice role in this. You know she's a real smart uh, legal assistant who you know helps with cases and so on. So it's actually you know, and I said you know okay, the acting could be a little better, but the actual writing and the the scenes and I mean it's well done, okay. pretty well done. We might give that a, a shot because I remember originally. It came to prominence because Meghan Markle yeah. was on it. And then when she hooked up with Harry, it became a thing. Uh, but there wasn't much buzz on the show. And now, like you said, it seems to be a show that a lot of people are talking about. We watched something last night uh, that if you didn't get a chance to see it at the movies, it's out now on streaming services. We watched it on Prime. And that's the Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Oh. And uh, I'll tell you... First of all, you got to give it up for Harrison Ford in his yes. 80s. Yes. Still doing this. He is still Indiana Jones. Now, there is a lot of CGI in this, and, and it's becoming a little more obvious. You know, there's that, uh, there's that look about some CGI scenes. But it's got a, especially for people our age, it's got a lot of cool throwbacks to the older Indiana Jones and uh, the love interest that he had in the very first films, you know, Marion. Yeah. Uh, she, I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but she's still a, a force in his life. So there, there is a, a, a bunch of throwbacks. And there's also a resolve that I think will make baby boomers really happy. And the story's kind of long. I think the film... It could have been about a half hour, 45 minutes shorter. Uh, the chase scenes just seem to drag on. You know, A little much. Yeah, like 20 minutes on a chase through a, a through Morocco uh, kind of thing. But he's still indie, and the idea... I love it. Yeah, the idea behind it is that uh, it's a little complicated. But it, it, it 
played really well, and we enjoyed it a lot. So you might want to check that out. I, I am going to check that out because I'm a big fan of Indiana Jones. And oh, you, okay. you had mentioned Marion Ravenwood was the love interest. The actress's name is Karen Allen, right. who played that role. And interestingly enough, she owns, you know, she took her riches from Hollywood, and she opened a uh, women's boutique in upstate New York that has just this eclectic collection of clothing and it. it's like a very artisty um artsy kind of clothing line it's very cool but anyway like that's a hippie resale shop yeah. yeah but i just thought it was interesting here i mean she could have you know went on to do a lot of stuff or invested her money here very likable yeah i think the last movie that we remember her in where she had a part that was not a big part was she was in the perfect storm oh with, i didn't with george clooney oh i don't recall she had a small part in that and uh you know just one it's good though it if if you loved all that and that romance between them uh you'll like this yeah this it was it, th- those movies were just charming just charming something that's not so charming i've noticed in the last few weeks or so like the last couple of weeks several friends have said to me or even acquaintances have said to me oh yeah you know the, the holidays are coming up and I I don't want my brother's new wife at Thanksgiving. I, you know, in fact, I some people have even said I'm going to the Bahamas for Christmas. I there's no way really? I'm going to stay home because I can't stand you know Uncle Bob and Aunt Sally and all that they represent, and so we're we're just not going to stay home. It's so interesting to me that family dynamics have now come down to. Either we're going to leave town and not participate, or we're not inviting somebody. <laughs> I'm going to escape. I just, I, I don't understand what's happened to us. I don't know if that's if that's true with everybody. I, I don't I, think it's true with everybody. No, but, you know, it's it's interesting because I think when the pandemic hit and we went through a period where we were not socializing, and then do you remember the state of mind we were in when they were telling us not only did we have to limit the people that came to our house for the holidays, but we couldn't laugh or sing. <laughs> you remember that? Yes. That was out there. No laughing. Yeah. No singing. Yeah. And and uh, you couldn't go to church. And I, I think after all that, there's been a strong desire for people to get together again with family or, or friends or just anybody that they like hanging out with. But it it is always sad. I mean, especially as we get older, don't you think we, we tend to let go of some of those beefs? You know, especially for just six hours together on a holiday absolutely i i'm totally with you on that i mean i've even noticed it myself i've just become more accepting that you know what that's just the way he is okay we can get through a few hours with him here and i think we'll be fine i mean it just it's it's always amazing to me though that some people would be willing to you know create a family rift over something like this that could last years and generationally too like Suddenly the oh, yeah. cousins don't get along. Suddenly people just, it's really amazing to me. I know of a couple situations where siblings have not talked in 25 years. And I find that to be really sad. Very sad. I mean, what kind of beef could you possibly have that would be that deep? Yeah. Um, but that's a shame. I don't know if it's uh, something that's new, that's developing as a result of our culture, or just uh, people get, get into a state of mind. I think it's hilarious that someone's going to plan to escape from town <laughs> to avoid a family get-together. Yeah, to, to avoid it. You know, I, but I, I have to say, so the pandemic for a lot of people, 
that made it seem like, oh, I can't wait to see all my brothers and sisters. Right. But I think for some people it was like, holy smokes, you know what? I, I couldn't believe it's like a reminder of how weird they were. And now they're back together. So I think it's a, it's a double edged sword. Well, you're listening to Focus here on WJR. Paul W. off on vacation. We're holding down the fort. Jim Harper, Marie Osborne. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. In the final segment here, we are going to talk about the big debate tonight. And we're going to get into the details of what that might mean, what the candidates are hoping to accomplish. But first, we have to acknowledge that our own Marie Osborne is the winner of a great AWC Clarion Award for the Association for Women in Communications for a wonderful story you did uh, back when, well, it was the beginning of the Ukraine war. Yeah, 2022. So it was in uh, February, March when the when the um, war started. So we, you know, and what what made this a special story for me personally was that we were still working from home. So it made reporting a little difficult. Oh, very but, difficult. Yeah. So we, um, uh, I developed this series of reports talking with people from the Detroit area who had some connection to the war in Ukraine. And they just talked about their perspective on the war. We we talked to a young uh, photographer who a uh, Pulitzer Prize winning photographer for The Washington Post, who was taking the most amazing photographs. Uh, his name is Solomon Georges, and he was taking these amazing photographs that were going viral on the Internet. And so I talked with him. In fact, during the interview, he was in Odessa when I interviewed him and you could hear bombs uh, falling outside of his hotel. So, uh, you know, people like that. We talked about to a University of Michigan plastic surgeon who was transporting thousands of surgical items to the uh, to the Ukraine uh, to be used. I, I spoke with a young woman who was an attorney who uh, whose family lives here. Parts of her family live here in the Detroit area. So she's an attorney in Ukraine, but she relocated her company, relocated her out of that country uh, to a nearby country. And while she was there, she'd do her attorney stuff during the day. And at night, she was working on these clandestine shipments of um, both military and medical supplies, like night goggle visions and so on, wow. and and arranging for their transport over the border. There was also another story about a, a, a gentleman who... Um, His dream was, he was a former journalist here in the Detroit area, and his dream was to open a bed and breakfast in Poland. And so he went and bought this ancient, like hundreds of years old uh, building. And, you know, here, you know, and he and his wife set to, you know, bringing this back up to uh, its former grandeur. And then the war breaks out in Ukraine. And the two of them looked at each other and said, you know what? We're so close to the border. We need to bring refugees in here. That's right. They con- so he yeah. converted their castle into yeah. a, a refugee <laughs> yep. apartment complex. Yep. And and the people would circulate in and out. They'd have children and they'd have adults. And uh, I said, well, do you speak Ukraine? And he says, well, no, I, I I speak only some Polish. But, you know, he goes, when we get everybody around the table, we kind of, between all of us, between yeah. a little English, a little Polish, a little Ukraine, we kind of get the job done and understand one another. So these were the stories we told. It was over several weeks weeks that we that i did this uh, great series and congratulations that's such a thank you very proud of it proud of the story all right uh, let's talk to aaron call he's the director of debate at the university of michigan debate program on site right now where the republican candidates minus donald trump will be facing off of the second gop debate 
Aaron, what can you tell us about things uh, getting started, getting prepared for tonight? Yeah, it's great to be back with you. It's a beautiful day out here in, in California. And as you mentioned, uh, we're going to have seven candidates uh, debating for two hours tonight at the Reagan Library. And in the front runner, uh, Donald Trump is, is in Michigan. So certainly uh, a unique situation. And the, uh, the candidates are going to have to do um, everything possible to try to distinguish themselves and narrow a very substantial gap that exists uh, right now. Uh, and and we want to remind our listeners that we're going to be carrying both Donald Trump's uh, comments this evening in Oakland, uh, excuse me, Macomb County, as well as the debate starting at nine o'clock. Our coverage will start at about eight, eight fifteen, eight thirty, right in that area. So, Aaron, can you tell? I mean, obviously, we've established that these debates can go on without Donald Trump. Clearly, that we know that now after that first debate. Uh, so, what do the candidates have? to prove in round two who who has the most to lose who has the most to gain in your view yeah i think starting with uh florida governor ron DeSantis um has a lot of pressure and a lot to lose coming into this he started out very strongly but you know has really not caught fire uh on the trail and you know hoping that it'd be a two-person race with trump but clearly that's not been the case he didn't really take any any fire attack at, in Milwaukee, and so I think this this night will be different, and a lot more people will be, um, you know, looking out for him. And I think the same is true of Nikki Haley. She was someone that didn't wasn't polling very well, didn't have a lot of expectations in the first debate, but now has um, done really well after her first performance. So she's got to show that that wasn't a fluke or a one-off, yeah. and and that she can consistently do that, um, you know, to to kind of, and that she's in it for the long run. Aaron, what do you think about the the notion that the debates, televised debates, even for the biggest job in the world, they just don't seem to be with the same as they used to be in terms of impact, the viewership? Uh, have we changed so much as a culture that the standard, you know, formal kind of debates, which are long gone in terms of format, and in the last, you know, big debates that we remember where everybody was participating, it was kind of a free-for-all on all sides. Do you think things have changed that much for folks? Well, they definitely changed, and, you know, the society has changed. It used to be when the big debates going back all the way to the 1960s, we only had a few television channels, and so, you know, everyone was watching because there had no alternatives, and now with the social media and everything else, there's just so many other options and distractions for the the voters, so you really have to, you know, pique their interest and may not get their full attention for two hours. But if there are any viral clips or kind of really strong um, parts of the debate that go well, it will be replayed over and over in a different social media ways that people can consume it. So the debates are still important. The Milwaukee debate, even though it didn't have Trump, ha- had an audience of about 13 million. The presidential debates, the two between Biden and Trump in, in 2020, had tens of millions uh, and, and were still very well received. So the way in which they're consumed is changing. It's obviously very unique that the front runners not participating in the debates this time, but they're still the largest audiences that these candidates are ever going to get and be in front of. So they have to make the most of the opportunity, even though it may not be as impactful as it was years or decades ago. We only have just a minute left, uh, Aaron. If we could just quickly ch- touch on Vivek Ramaswamy. He came, uh, to, in my opinion, he came out as the darling of the last debate. What does he need to do tonight? Yeah, he was one of the three that I thought really benefited from the first debate. Um, I think what he needs to do is that he needs to not feel the need to interject himself or just kind of say controversial things just for the point of name recognition. He's reached the top tier of candidates. Um, he's, he's done much better. And so 
he shouldn't have tried to attract so many fire from every single candidate because while it's good to be out there and, and have a lot of notoriety, um, you also take a lot of shots. So he should try to minimize that exposure this time. Thank All you, right. Aaron. We're going to check Anytime. back with Aaron tomorrow, get kind of yeah. a recap of how things turn out tonight. And boy, fastest two hours in my career. <laughs> Uh, but we will be back tomorrow. Jim Harper and Marie Osborne here on Paul W. Smith's Focus Show on News Talk 760 WJR. We'll talk to you guys then.